You sending the whoop? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Banana. Aristotle was not Belgian. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. Today, my guest is Heather Grace Hancock. Um, Grace has been a friend of mine for several years, and uh, and I'm really glad that she finally came on the show. I had been wanting to have her on for a while. She is an actress and a host. As I said, she can be seen on shows like NCIS, Criminal Minds, and, of course, the movie Trivia Schmodown as The Lioness. Um, you can also listen to her podcast, Grace and Alicia have lives with new episodes every Monday and she's online everywhere at Mrs. Grace Face. Um, Grace has been, as I said, she's been a friend of mine for several years. I've wanted to have her on the show for a while and uh, when she finally picked her movie, I have to say I was totally surprised. Um, not for any reason other than I just didn't see this one coming, but she picked Shane, the 1950s classic Western starring Alan Ladd. And um, I had never seen this movie, as the ca- is the case with most Westerns. Um, but as you'll hear in this conversation, this is definitely a movie that's special to Grace and has um, ties to her and her dad. And um, But this conversation also spans a lot of different topics. You know, we, we talked a lot about the type of content that we're consuming, um, movies, TV, things that we like to watch, um, and the types of dream roles that that we have. Um, for Grace, I was sort of surprised, but not really, to find out the type of dream roles that, that she has. And um, it's just a really nice opportunity to get to know her a little bit better because, as I mentioned in the episode, you know, when you're when you see actors or you see personalities, but you don't, they're playing different roles and they're not playing themselves or they're not you know, necessarily, um, you know, getting to show their uh, authentic personality up front, it's always nice to get to hear from them and to get to dive a little deeper. So I'm really excited. Uh, before we get to the episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a couple of appearances that I'm going to be making later this week. So this Friday, May 31st, I'm going to be at the Overlook Film Festival for one night only uh, for the premiere of Satanic Panic, directed by former guest Chelsea Stardust. Um, and I will be at the Fangoria sponsored after party. So So if you're going to be in New Orleans and you're going to be at the Overlook Film Festival, please be sure to say hello. And then the next morning, June 1st, I am hopping on an airplane very early and headed to Denver Pop Culture Con. Um, This is something that I have been looking forward to for a really, really long time. And uh, Saturday, June 1st at 3.30 p.m., I will be moderating the Firefly panel, which I'm very excited about. I'm currently doing my rewatch in between episodes as I record this. And then I will be actually appearing on uh, at four o'clock the panel called Wonder Women with a bunch of other incredible women who are working in the um, in the geek culture space. And from seven to nine, I will be one of the judges for the costume celebration. So that's a very kid friendly event also. So if you have kids and you're planning on coming, please bring them down. Sunday, June 2nd at 1130 a.m., I will be moderating a panel with Emmy Raver Lampman. Um, can't wait to talk to her from Umbrella Academy and various musical theater happenings. So hopefully we'll get to nerd out about that. Um, And then at 2 p.m., I'm going to be moderating the Smallville panel with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum. And I am so excited. Um, It should be a ton of fun. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to be hanging out in Denver at Pop Culture Con uh, this weekend. So that is June 1st, 2019 and June 2nd, 2019. So if you haven't already gotten your badges, go ahead and do that. Um, And uh, and if you're going to be there, please say hi. I'd love to see you. Um, I don't have like a firm meet and greet um, scheduled, but I'm definitely going to be around. So please reach out via social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Clark Wolf. 
Clark with an E, Wolf with an E, and um, come say hello. Alrighty, friends, that's all for the housekeeping. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And here is my conversation with Heather Grace Hancock about Shane. <laughs> Right. So, Grace, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You've been so wonderful and flexible with my schedule. I so appreciate it. Well, you are a busy woman, and uh, I want to get. I wanted to have you on for a while. So, I'm really, really glad that you're here. And, um, and you know, I'm excited to have you for many reasons because I think that, like. As an actor, I think people, you know, you're always playing a different character, you're playing different roles, whatever. And then an audience found you through Collider and through yeah. like the hosty space. Um, and of course, we play little characters in Schmodown. Yeah. But I just, I don't know how much the audience actually knows about you. I know. Um, and like your Who interests knows? and your passions and the things. And so I'm like, that's part of the reason I like the idea of uncovering um, people that people already know. Yeah. Um, so thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I love it. Rufus, this is not a garden. So. I'm just obsessed with him. Rufus is Baxter does that in my bed. Like, what are they looking for? Yeah, it's a treasure. He's like, I was looking for this pillow. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Treasure. Um, Rufus, is, Rufus has been making a lot of appearances on the pod lately. I mean. Uh, yeah, which is why I've started taking his collar off. I know. I do that when I'm doing self-tapes because yeah. they immediately start jingle jangling. That's yeah. the time. So let's talk. Okay, let's start. By um, this, you okay? I want to start actually with the movie that you picked, um, which is Shane. Yeah. So Shane, I <laughs> I never in a million years, and I've known you for a couple of years now, yeah. and like we've had many dinners and many lunches and many hangs. Um, I would have never thought of this movie for you. Oh, really? No, I was. <laughs> what would you have picked? I I don't know. I I guess you know it's not even that I was I was imagining a certain type or like a certain era like maybe something uh, maybe something old Hollywood like a Catherine Hepburn yeah, or yeah, like yeah. something like that or maybe something new because I know you are you and I are both witchy women and like yes. so I, I don't know I didn't know but I did not expect a western I mean I just like to keep people on their toes you so know? talk to me about this movie like what did this was this a Talk to me about this movie. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, okay. I mean, just to say it right off the top, Shane is the best Western ever. Okay. And I will fight anybody who disagrees with me. Um, but also I have a huge emotional connection to Shane because I've been watching Shane with my dad since I was little. It's like our thing that we always do. And I don't have any memory of ever watching Shane for the first time. It's just always been uh -huh. like, it might've been one of the first films I ever watched truly. Um, so every time that I see my dad, we watch this film together. So it's super, super special to me for that reason. I, Cause I don't get to see my parents very often. Um, so there's that aspect to it, but it's also just such a great, like it's, you can't watch. Okay. Like that bar fight scene. Uh huh. You can't watch that scene and tell me that doesn't solve all your damn problems. Okay. Like that's a great, it's just fun. It has everything. It has heart. It has a really dry humor to it. The pacing is really excellent. The cinematography is excellent. So it's like fun on the emotional side, but it's also just like a fun, like classic Western. It has all those aspects of it. That's so interesting. Now, did your dad, is your dad a Western fan or was just this an iconic movie that he was like, I want to show you this? I think maybe a little bit of both. He's not like a big Western guy. Um, I think he mostly just loves any kind of like heroic, you know, like my dad loves like anything with like Sylvester Stallone, you know, like any kind of like shoot him up kind of thing like that where it's like the hero wins. Um, so I think it's more that than like the Western side of it, but I don't know. I should ask him cause it's just like our thing. And it, it just like start, it just has always been our thing. So he, the heroism I totally get my dad, you know, was, um, it's so funny though, because my dad, I feel like was opposite day. Like he was more of an Arnold guy than Sly. And oh like, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, and, and Westerns were just not a part. My dad, my dad would always be like, gun smoke is on, but you know, but, but not, and I'd be like, okay. And, uh, and, and to this day, like he still, he still tells me every so often, did you know that Sam Peckinpah directed episodes of gun smoke? And I'm like, yes, dad. You're <laughs> like, thank you for this, but this I hot take yeah from these hot takes but <laughs> I guess I like the idea of like a certain it's interesting a certain type of hero and there's yeah. a certain type of masculinity um that is at play but what's interesting to me about Shane and about Alan Ladd is that he's not 
John Wayne. He's, he's kind of like an anti-hero exactly. in a way. Yeah. Like, and, his, and his depiction is, um, you Hot. know, blo- <laughs> I mean, he's, he's with blonde hair and like the, uh, and his clothing, they make fun of him for the way that he dresses and like all that stuff. And I got a little bit of, it's sort of part of the reason I really like um, Superman is because I, I like that Clark Kent is the strongest guy in the room. He can literally, he can kick anyone's ass. He can, we can yeah. melt you with his eyes, <laughs> but he chooses to sort of hang back right. and not display that power mm-hmm. um, in, in an overt way. Yeah. And and I I like that this this version of you know like Shane and his involvement with with the little with the little guy, little kid, like what's his name, Joey? Yeah, Joey. Joey, little Joey. Yeah. So like. Teaching Joey, yes, guns are necessary out here, but also don't worry about all the tricks and all of this and all of yeah. that. Like just, you know, just keep it clean, keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and 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 not wanting to fight unless he had to. You yeah, know he's I like mean? a noble anti-hero. Exactly. It's the best. Yeah. It was it, it was a very interesting watch for sure. Um had you ever seen it before? No. Ah, no. Nice. First time. Watched it this morning, actually. Oh, good. So it's fresh. <laughs> it's good. fresh for sure. And and also, and I brought this up on the show before, but like Westerns are just such a blind spot for me yeah and and I I don't know why but it's a it's a genre that I struggle with and I think it's because of the type of um, masculinity or hero's journey of a certain type of man. And mm-hmm. it's just something where I'm just like, what are you guys fighting over? I don't understand. I, this is, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. They're like, I want a whiskey. And they're like, nope, you're dead. And you're like, well, I feel like that escalated. Yeah, that escalated in a big way. way. I don't know. Do we need some women <laughs> in there to be like, calm the fuck down? But I know. No, you're totally right. I like, I feel like they do a good job in Shane too, because there's kind of like Van Heflin's character who plays the dad, like Big mm-hmm. Joe or whatever, that he's kind of like the the first level hero. And then you have like Shane is the big hero. And then you have like Riker, who's kind of the first level bad guy. Who's yeah. Like, I'm bad and I have a beard. But then you have um, Wilson who plays like the next level. So I like that there's like two levels yes. of heroes and two levels of baddies. And they all like meet each other nicely where they're at. To yeah. Give it a little like texture to that because I totally agree with you. And even some of these scenes, it's so funny. They're like, what is that first guy called? He's like, get out of here, side buster. And yeah. it's like, oh no. Oh you no, didn't. you didn't. Yeah. Well, and it's also, yeah, it's a very contained, small. Um, it feels very small. Like also there are a lot of Westerns that take place in a town where there is a, you know, a saloon where you could in theory interact with hundreds of people. Yeah, it's a little more sweeping. Yes, but this is, this is, yes, this is, but this is more, it feels very intimate. Exactly. Intimate is a great word for it. Um, So it was a different, it just felt like a different kind of examination or a different kind of Western. Yeah, which I think is to its benefit for sure because I don't know... I'm like trying to think of another Western that I mm-hmm. like love and I'm like, yeah, I got, I just, I'm a Shane lady and that's so this, So that's a good question. Like for you with this movie, it's just this movie. It's not, is it, would you say that it is, you know, you do have some sort of affinity for Westerns in general or is it just like, no, I just like this one. I really like this one because I just think, I mean, it holds up. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the naturalistic acting totally holds up. I actually think the only even semi-weak link is maybe Riker. I think he's like a little on the nose for me because he's like, uh, which totally works. But it just, there's a lot of, like the the chemistry between Shane and Marion, the mom, mm-hmm. and there's like this kind of like, yes. they kind of have like a thing and there's like this really great chemistry between them. And it's been really fun for me watching this as like a little baby girl who like had no clue. I was like, cool, you know? And then like now watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh no, yeah. like Shane and Marion. So it's been fun that every time I watch it, I've gotten something else out of it, which I think, and I mean, this was nominated for like, I think six Oscars. Mm. Like this did very well at the time. I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, as I have mentioned on the show many times, the list is meaningless for, you know, it's just like parameters essentially. Um, But I do, I am fascinated by where certain things rank and there are so many lists. And so this one actually, I noticed went up. So meaning in 1997, yeah, it was number 69. But then when they redid the list, it went up to number 45. That's fucking right. It like did, Shane. The, the number 45 greatest movie ever made, according to AFI, is Shane. And then um, Cheers, which is like inspirational and uplifting, number 53. And then 
heroes. Number 16. Shane oh is the number 16 hero in all of AFI's greatest heroes. I, I didn't know. I must have totally like looked right over that. I did not see well, that. Well, the only reason I that I knew to... By the way, AFI, if you're listening, which you're not, um, I wish they would update their website so that you could click on a movie and it would tell you if it was ranked. Yeah, like, on all the lists. Exactly, like yeah. placement of the list. the list. Exactly. Um, but... Uh, I knew to look for this because every now and again, someone will pick a movie that you just go, wow, this AFI really likes this movie. And they will yeah, put it on, on all of the things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this was one of them. Which, went, But then when I thought about AFI and the list, I was like, you know what? I feel like this is a very AFI friendly movie. You well, know, I think. Oh my God. I might be so. I'm pretty. I'm 99% positive that Alan Ladd Jr., founded AFI. Am I wrong? Oh, now that's interesting. I think I'm right, but I'm totally open if I'm wrong. We have to go to the phones on that. I mean, not saying that's still not deservedly on all the lists. <laughs> well, but. I um, looked up Alan Ladd Jr. actually because I knew... Because um, well, he greenlit A New Hope. Yes. I mean, his legacy is huge. Yeah. Uh, just truly fascinating. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I looked that up and, um, and, and I... But I didn't notice that part, but I wonder I don't see it here. I see him at some AFI things, but maybe I can look it up later. I know. I should have. So no. I've just like dropped a bombshell and I'm like, look, I have nothing to back this up. That's but okay. I think this. Listen, that happens on this podcast <laughs> all the time. Um, that, yeah. So I do want to, oh, one thing I wanted to bring up, which made me laugh really hard. And this is just, this is just like oh, I can't wait. Like this is an old movie. So Jack Palance's character, oh, which he is such hot. a good. I mean, yeah, he he's a he's a looker back in the day. He's I so know. Long. He's like twenty feet long. Yes, but you can tell he's like beefy. because yes. he's like a fighter. And he's got the and he's and all in the black, of course. The silhouette is gorgeous. Like I well, the costumes are done by Edith Head. So, like the fucking Edith Head. Could, like. I didn't know that until I was an adult either. Did it's you like, notice that she was the uh, wife was wearing pants a bunch? Uh, yeah, girl. I was like, rock those trousers. Yes. I Ugh. I felt like, wow, I just, not to say that that didn't happen, but I just don't feel like in most of these movies that no, I've seen. No, not at all. Like, you never see women. And this women. was shot, like, in 51. Right. Too. It's like, yeah. she was killing it before, like... I love it. That's amazing. Um, but the scene that made me laugh was Jack Palance. He so he's a bad guy, and uh, and he he guns down. He kills Stonewall. <gasps> Tori. And uh, and it was so funny because he goes, he's like Stonewall Jackson's a loser, and all you you know rebels out down there and his civil war. And he was yeah. he was basically saying fuck the fuck the South and the civil war. And Stonewall goes, yo you Yankee or whatever. <laughs> And I was like, uh-oh, do I kind I of agree with You're the like, bad oh, guy? no, yes. I know. <laughs> and it was like, uh-oh, our heroes are on the wrong side. <laughs> I know, Stonewall goes full like Daenerys. We're like, oh, no. Yeah, it was It was kind of like, oh, this movie was made a long time ago. I know, ago. you're like, oh, yeah, that's, now I, I remember what was going on. Mm -hmm, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. the 50s. I mean, historically, like, listen, I, I am sure that the overall point Point, is that historically a lot of these guys who found themselves in these towns, these small, you know, whatever, like, yeah, I, I'm sure that that meant something a little different, but man, <laughs> it just was, I was I doing, know, you're like, whoa. Ooh, okay, like, well, maybe, maybe we do kill that guy, Jack Balance. <laughs> and then they gave him this huge funeral, and I was like, <laughs> but um I mean oh god and then like the dog is like pawing yes oh, it was really sad uh but that made me laugh really hard um yeah. so okay aside from um and we can we can get back to Shane in a second but aside from Shane growing up was your dad like the one who got you into movies or was this just a, an isolated thing yeah you know I think I remember because I was I mean, obviously I was raised on Disney films. Okay. Um, but aside from that, as far as like, I have the majority of my childhood memories are definitely watching films with my family, mm -hmm. like with my mom, my dad, and my sister. And a lot of them were like these kind of, you know, like we're watching like Bruce Willis, you know, like mm -hmm. stuff like, like the, or like the Patriot, you know, all those like gorgeous, like nineties Harrison Ford films. Sure. Like we were not watching 
sleepless in Seattle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were definitely like, we kind of joked that we were definitely like raised like boys. Like we were raised to be very tough and very like physical. My dad did karate and like, we definitely like beat the shit out of each other all of our lives. My mom was always like, I have three kids. <laughs> um, so yeah. So no, I definitely, I owe a lot of my, I think a lot of my coolness comes from my dad and mm. from like just growing up in that way. Yeah. Um, but again, like no other Westerns. We also loved Laurel and Hardy. I mean, I grew up watching a lot of yeah. like, really cool stuff that I don't know that I would have ever discovered as a child. Mm-hmm. I would have maybe watched it as, a, as I got older and doing acting. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like what other ones, but it was definitely, I don't have a massive amount of memories of my childhood. I just remember them being, it being fucking awesome. Yeah. And definitely part of that was like these like family movie nights. So with, with being an actor and wanting to be an actor, did that come from watching movies? Did that come from just something else? Like sometimes you, you know, when a kid's at school and they get the, they get a laugh, they say something funny and it makes people laugh and they go, Oh, maybe I like that felt being good. the yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you remember like what the yeah, I mean, because I also, I've talked about this on other stuff before, but I was obsessed with the Ten Commandments as a child. I'm oh. talking like four-year-old Grace was obsessed. We had the VHS. Fascinating. Of Charlton. It's like a four-hour movie. Oh, it's yeah. It's like so long. Yeah. I would watch the Ten Commandments in a VHS and then rewind it and then watch it again. Wow. Like, I would watch it like three times a day, like during the summer when I wasn't like in camp or something. Yeah. And so I think that it, it I don't know that I ever had the, conscious decision that I was like I want to do that I think I was just always very at a very young age was very moved by these kind of like larger than life sweeping stories because I never wanted to be anything else like I only ever wanted Mm -hmm. to be an actor um so I think that it heavily influenced that but unconsciously subconsciously interesting I I even like that with the Wizard of Oz and it just is part of my DNA yeah exactly and and but it but to your point about the Ten Commandments it's very much a For me, at least, Wizard of Oz is like a great um, um, package of everything that I love about movies, whether it's like song and dance, whether it's big Hollywood, you know, spectacle, whether it's fantasy, whether it's horror, it's scary and there's a witch, it's female centric, it's funny, like, and, and it's just, it's, it's, that's so, so it's interesting, but, and similarly, like, that was the, I similarly always wanted, like, knew I wanted to be a performer, and and Wizard of Oz was the thing that, like, yeah, I think made it click. You know, yeah, I know. I think also that's. I remember growing up watching a lot of like good films, uh-huh. like again, like a lot of like, like core good films where it's like the hero and like good things, but also a lot of very like drama heavy, uh-huh, uh-huh. which is I'm only like kind of just thinking because because I love drama. Like that's all, like if I could just be in the most like dark fucked up dramas mm-hmm. forever, I'd be the happiest little lady. Um, like if I could just do Fincher for the rest of my life, I'd be the happiest. So I totally, I think that that definitely influenced a lot of my taste as, as a performer. That's so interesting. Um, and, uh, okay. And your fam, did you grow up in the desert? Um, kind of. I grew up like half and half cause I grew up a little bit in Tucson. Okay. And then I grew up in Prescott. So they're like, as far as geographically, they're polar opposite kind of climates. Okay. But so Tucson is like desert, Saguaro's like beautiful mountains. And then Prescott is like granites and pine trees and like kind of rolling hills mm-hmm. and crows. I, I thought about that while I was watching this movie because I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like it I definitely want- looks like Prescott. Like yeah. Shane looks like Prescott. Yeah. I think they, I know it's Wyoming, but. It, but it, it can, Yeah. Like the kind of like little shrubbies and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Okay. And um, so for you, like, you know, what are some, okay, so what are some of your other, uh, oh, 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 wait, before I get to that, um, you talking to me, is it? <laughs> you talking to me? I, it's in the movie. Yeah. I was, I, and then the response is, uh, you know, like, well, I don't see anybody else over here. And yeah. I was like. Oh my God. Was that a quote that you knew and didn't know that it was from Shane? Well, I, I mean, obviously taxi driver, it's oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of those like it was, tropies so, that we go for a little well, bit. Well, it's like, it was interesting because, you know, I was reading Roger Ebert's uh, analysis. I'm not, admittedly, rest his soul. I know he was a lovely man. I am not a huge Roger Ebert fan. I tend to not agree with a lot of his interpretation of things, but, Same. okay. So, but that said, it, he, he really wrote 
a nice analysis of Shane. Um, oh, I haven't read it. Yeah, it's just it wasn't that long or 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 intricate, but it, but it was it was a good like overview. You know, it yeah. was a little bit more of an analytical Wikipedia summary, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, but it was good to read that, and he pointed out that basically, like he said, I think it closed maybe a section of his this piece and it was like uh he said something like in something about that line or that exchange and he said maybe Travis Bickle was watching and I was like oh now that's it. and so then the scene came on that. and I was like this is clearly I knew Martin Scorsese is obviously a um a cinephile and I'm sure that considering this is one oh, of the totally. most acclaimed movies ever but also when you kind of think about the character of Shane and he is sort of this like lone wolf and yeah. you know has a past that maybe he's trying to get away from yeah and we know that Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver is a veteran and it's just like it, you can see, I mean, it clearly, it, it just was, I had no idea that, that I the love two that, were yeah. related. I mean, I love that kind of, I think if I were to ever write myself as a villain, which I hope to do someday, because that's all I want to play, I will definitely steal the prove it line from Wilson. That's so fucking cool. He's yes. like, well, you're a dick. And he's like, prove it. Uh -huh. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, so turned on. I'm like, yes, yeah. Wilson. It's just fun. Yeah. I will totally steal that someday. Um, so what are some of your other, um, I see that you, did you make notes? I thought I saw you had notes, but maybe not. I, and now I'm looking up if Al Land, Lad Jr. Uh, I did. I made a couple notes just because I wanted to see, I wanted to put it down a couple things. Let's, let's, t let's go through the notes. Let's see what we have. Oh, you know what I did want to talk about is <sighs> that, the scene in, I think it's like 40 minutes in when uh, Alan Ladd and Van Heflin are fighting in the bar and mm -hmm. like Van Leg is like, well, I'm not, I'm joining in and they're like fighting and it's just like the most ridiculous, like fabulous, like fight. The choreography is just like, just like so over the time because it's like that real over the top, like this, it's like a slapping noise for a punch. Yes, it's just yes, the best. yes. But the scene where the moment where they go back to back and then they kind of like look at each other and they have like this kind of like goofy ass little grin is the my favorite part uh, of the whole thing. Every single time they do that, me and my dad always look at each other and like do the same little smile. Yeah. And it's so fun. It's just like good old time. It's such a simple time where they when they shot it, it was a more simple time that they're depicting. And it's just there's something nice about revisiting that kind of like borderline cheesy old Hollywood, you know, it's sure. just nice. It's so comforting. It does feel like I will say when you go back and you watch, cause this is, so Shane came out in 1953. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you go back and you watch, you know, movies from a certain time, you can see modern filmmaking finding its feet, find, yeah. you know, as filmmaking as oh, we absolutely. know it now. And so this movie did feel like a movie from the 50s to me in that, you know, like uh, some of the editing uh, editing styles are, are a little uh, were choppier. Like, for instance, like something's happening and then you cut to a close insert of like, yeah, and it's like the really wife's close. face and yeah. she's like, ah, and then you cut back and, <laughs> yeah. or, or, to, or to Joey's face and he's like, you know, eating his candy. And Oh my God, I love him like eating he, the little thing. Yes. It's so funny. But it was, it was interesting because it was, you know, there are some movies that you see that I feel like are ahead of their time, mm -hmm. right? So like they, they feel contemporary in the way that we know filmmaking or or yeah. you know, modern filmmaking styles. But then you see some things, and I would argue that Shane is kind of like this, where you're just like, this is so of the time. Yeah, it's like, I feel like they took all of the best elements of everything at that time, and that's the product that we have. Yeah, for Especially sure. Especially like the cinematography too, which I think might have been... Is that what they won for? I don't know. I didn't look that They won up. one of the, I know they were nominated for six. I think they won for cinematography, which is pretty legit. Like the cinematography, like there's a lot of cool shots in there that are like, I told like the, like extreme close-ups are a little like, oh, there's a face. Yeah. Um, but like, there's some really cool shots, like the scene where uh, Shane and Joe are fighting in the front yard of their homestead and like all the cattle are losing their minds mm -hmm. and the horses are like D -d 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 and it's like shot from the like yeah. feet it's just like I'm like oh like as I get older or as I've gotten older um I take note of that like I could appreciate that mm -hmm. um whereas you know again when I'm like little I'm like cool horses yeah and now I'm I still think that but I can appreciate the cinematography I could totally see you in a western oh God, I would love that. Yeah. Like some like really sassy, like gritty, like take no shit redhead. Uh-huh. So just me in the West. Yeah, yeah. pretty much in a, like in a period piece. I would love that. I really love Westworld. Ah, now Is that a hot take? Um, well. Have you watched it? I watched season one 
And by the time I finished season one, I was like, okay, I'm glad I stuck with this. And then I watched yeah, it's the a season. Slow burn. Oh. See, I haven't watched season two. Okay. I'm a terrible person. So, n- no, but I definitely watched the season two premiere and went, what? And I mean, that's what I did about the season one pilot. I was like, what the fuck? True. And so, but I then think, I ended up really loving it. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is like, I think if you were on board in season one, maybe, you know, one would be on board for season two. Um, But for me, because I was so on the fence the whole way, Mm. like, you know, once the season two premiere came and went and I was just like, what are they doing here? I kind of just fell off. You couldn't put your energy into it. No, there's so much content. There's There's so so much much content. And so much good content, by the way. So much to consume that I just feel like, especially with a, a really serious, like, Westworld, the show, is a show that you have to pay attention to. I mean, it's not like you're washing dishes. No. Like, it's literally like you're sitting there, maybe a little sip of wine here yep. and there. That's it. Yes. No talking. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it's so true. But um, I, I, they, well, I don't know if, I don't know, because um, they, I would say HBO, have you seen anything else about Westworld recently? No, I was so in it for season one because I had a friend who worked on it. Uh-huh. So I went to like the premiere and I uh-huh. like saw like a really early episode nice. of the or version of the pilot. So I was like very like in it. But season two, like I just life has gotten so crazy and I know nothing. So HBO ran a trailer for the new season of Westworld before Game of Thrones. Right. The finale. Right. Um, they're, I think they're going to a different world. Oh, shit. Uh I could see that because um and and now granted I have no idea what happened in season two I, yeah but the, the trailer that they showed was Aaron Paul in it that's l- right looking like Blade Runner essentially and I was like oh cool like oh, what is this show shit. and then the and title then, came oh, up and no. said Westworld and I was like did you watch the finale on like on like HBO, like on a TV, like live. We did. Because I watched it like on the app, yes. so I didn't see the trailer. So we were in Mexico for <gasps> oh the finale. Gosh. And so the um, we found a hotel that in a bar that was showing oh the finale. Oh my God, finale. how funny. Yeah, so we watched it with Spanish subtitles. Uh, but, uh, but yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I just What's Dracarys kn- in Spanish? I, yeah, good question. <laughs> yes, like Dracarys. Yeah, pretty much same. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I that was something that really caught my eye, especially yeah, since I did it's check out choice. of season two so I I had no idea that was coming and from what I talked gathered from other people who saw it um they they did not know that that was coming shit so I is think it, it the was same a, a lot of the same cast didn't look like it oh no it, like the only that's intense the only person that I feel and and now the the audience could be listening to me and be like oh Clark what are you talking about but the only because I was half paying attention just because it was a trailer right. on and I was at a bar uh and I didn't know what they were saying. Um, I I saw I all I saw was Aaron Paul. That was the only person I mean, look, that I I'll watch it for Aaron Paul. But I feel like if I had seen, you know, like, um, um, oh my God, why am I blanking on her name? I can see her face right Tandy now. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I had seen Tandy yeah, Newton, been like, I would have oh. been like, oh, she's what? What's happening? But no, I pretty much all I saw was oh, Aaron so Paul and Blade Runner. If she's not in it. Yeah, I don't know. She's so fucking great. I can't even handle it. Yeah, she is great. Oh, she is. That's great. interesting. I know. I gotta watch. I gotta catch up on season two. I tend to be more of like a binger. Yeah. Just because I think it's for, for I think most people's lifestyles, but for my lifestyle, I have to really kind of if I'm gonna watch something, I have to kind of be able to binge it, or else like life will take hold yes. of me and I'll not do it. Well, and I also think too that like with the way TV is now because there's so much content, waiting for something week to week to week oh, fuck that. puts a lot of pressure, too, on the viewing experience. Like, basically meaning if if you can watch everything at once, then, you know, you I would argue you could be more forgiving of it because it's of course. like, you know... They don't have to bring you back up. That's you know, exactly, They don't have to, yes. like, invite you in every single yes. time. It's not event television. You can just kind of kind of casually roll over to the other side right. and you have another one. Yes. I'm doing that with Dead to Me on Netflix. Everyone is talking about that show. I'm obsessed with it. I yeah. had no, I was, I could not have been less interested when I saw it. Cause you know how on fucking Netflix it like starts to play yes. shit and I'm like, no, yeah. I said no Netflix. Stop it. I know. So if anything, it was annoying me. But then I started to hear like a little bit of buzz about it, which you kind of hear about everything. But then I, the people that in particular were talking about it. I was interested. Yeah. I was like, oh. So then I did one of those things where I was like, whatever, I'm just, I have to wash dishes. I have seven minutes to spare during my day, which is pretty much how my television life goes. Um, 
And I totally, I mean, I was like in it. Yeah. She's, Christina Applegate is phenomenal. And obviously Linda Cardellini, amazing. Like yeah. it's really, and it's like a dramedy, but it's a half hour. Right. I thought it was going to be a one hour. So it's kind of an interesting, uh, it's sort of in that tone reminiscent of like Barry in a way, because mm. it's like funny, but it's short, but it's also kind of heavy. Yeah. But it's great. Have you not watched it at all? Not yet. You should no. talk. I, I actually highly recommend it. I'm I, loving it. I think that one. I and- hope it ends well, like the season. Right. Um, that one and Fleabag are the two that yeah. everyone is is talking about right now, and I definitely want to dive into. I watched some of season one of Fleabag, yeah. but I kind of dropped off. Yeah, but again, I think it's just there's so much good. There's shit. so much to and see, and then I feel bad if I'm not giving it like the weight that it deserves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some show, show like and Fleabag too is real. Like the dialogue is pretty yeah. like speedy, so I think that I was like, oh no, I missed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's some of those shows you really do have to pay attention to, which is fine. But yeah, the, especially the dialogue heavy. I know dramedies are sometimes comedies. my brain is like, all I got room for is fucking housewives. You I, know mean, what I mean, and that's yeah, that's Ooh, fair too, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk a little bit about. Um, let's just play. Let's play. Um. What if we remade Shane? <gasps> So have you have you thought about this ever? Of course I have, because I would cast myself as Wilson. <laughs> of course you would. Prove it. <laughs> I want them to remake The Force Awakens with me as fucking Kylo Ren. I want to play uh, all the villains. All the villains. All the villains. Well, okay. So before okay, so this is great. So many things to talk about. So with um let's let's stay on Shane for a second. If okay, so we've got you as Wilson. Who who do you cast as as Shane? Like he's got to be some. I know. You know. I thought about that. And and because it's interesting, Alan La- Alan Ladd is not an actor that really showed up much in my classic Hollywood viewings. No. Um. So I'm not familiar with like what his type necessarily would be considered. Yeah, I don't know that I've watched much of like his body of work. Yeah. Because. I mean, you can't top Shane, right. Alan. Like I mean, that's obviously. Just, I know. I mean, I would love to see it be somebody like neither of these people, but similar type actors, like a like a like a Vigo Mortensen, or mm. even like an Aaron Paul, or like a like a Jake Gyllenhaal, like somebody who's just has a lot of fluidity uh-huh. would be really, really interesting There's just a, to like play with it. I think too. One of the things I like about Alan Ladd's performance is that. He he. Do, it's not that he doesn't talk, but he doesn't. Ha, he doesn't monologue. He's the strong He's and silent exactly type. strong and silent type. But you always feel like there is a lot going on. Yes, beneath the surface with him. Yes. Like you, there is a conversation happening on. Yeah, his he's face. very interesting to watch. Yes, he is, and you feel like Shane like has the wheels turning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it gives so much more gravitas to what he says when he does they're so weighty because he speaks so little yeah yeah Yeah. like his little like speech at the end with joey when you can just see he has so much inner conflict and he doesn't want to leave but he knows that he should (laughs) so much it's terrible and "Ah." yeah i was thinking too about um there were some scenes with um the the mom too where i Mm -hmm. remember thinking like how would this scene play in modern time, like yeah. you know what I mean, and I and I, I those were some of the moments, frankly, where it felt like, oh, this feels like a movie from the 1950s. But if you really kind of like listen to what they're saying and understand what the scene is trying to communicate, then you can start to go, oh, like how would this play out now, and like who would be saying these words, and yeah, you know, like I know Rosamund Pike just did that, um, the Netflix western, or like, you know, what I'm talking about, like, wasn't she in a, a movie? On Netflix or oh my gosh, you know I don't know because I will watch it. I love Rosamund Pike. Yeah, she reminded me of of I could see her in in a role like that. Ooh, that'd be hot. Yeah, especially with the pants. Oh, her and fucking Gone Girl. Like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. so good. I could watch Gone Girl movies that I like. I will watch just over and over and over and yeah. over and over again. And Gone Girl is definitely one of those. Is Fincher your favorite working direct living director? I don't know. I feel as mm, as an audience member, I think so. Okay. Like as a as an observer, yes. Just because those like I could watch Gone Girl and The American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. forever all day every day till I die and be the happiest person. Like I just it's exactly it's so pitch perfect for me. I don't know if as an actor cuz obviously I haven't worked with him sure, unfortunately sure, sure. not yet. Mm-hmm. Um 
because I know that he's pretty intense and is very, but also I tend to like to be given a lot of takes. Uh-huh. When I've worked with directors, when they're like two and you're done, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. maybe just one more for safety and mm-hmm. then more, like five more for luck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that would be an interesting experience. But yeah, as far as like an audience, like I'm definitely, I just like that heavy shit. Like give me like that, some like Scorsese, mm-hmm. like some Fincher, like that kind of stuff is yeah. definitely for film. I really, 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 we, um, my friend Chelsea Stardust was just on the pod and she added seven to the list. Ugh. And we, you know, it was so looking over these things. And it's granted like one of um, the last revision of the top 100 was two, 2007. So it's actually been a while. Yeah. But the notion that, that Fincher isn't on the greatest, like nothing right. he's done is on the greatest 100 American films. I'm like, mm Yeah, mm-mm. that's an old ass list. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, 2007, that's like, what, 12 years ago? Like that, in LA years, that's like a thousand years. <laughs> exactly. There's, like, that's yeah. old. Yeah, but he's, um, to me, he's, he's, Fincher is absolutely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, he, he does such a good job of just a really, just such a specific world like everything down to the cinematography and the sound design like everything is just super 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 specific and it's exactly encompassing all of my like innermost angsty shit like and it just like hits a chord with me it just like resonates with me really really nicely um so before we move on to the part where you get to add a movie to the list uh well I know which one I'm gonna do I mean I think I know what it might (laughs) be too but um do you have any are there any last uh things that you want to touch on about Shane uh that we haven't already before before we move on no I I love I just really love it and I I think that everybody should watch it it's just it's a nice um, it has a little bit of everything, you know, there's redemption, mm-hmm. there's sad parts, there's really funny parts. Like the kid fucking cracks me up. He was nominated. He's like mm-hmm. six years old. and like, fuck you kid. Um, I just really love it. And I love also the kind of bittersweet ending, like always kind of haunts me. I know this is based on a book, but I haven't read it because mm-hmm. I kind of want to like keep Shane mm-hmm. where it is in my life. Um, but I don't know, you know, like at the end, I love kind of open-ended endings. Like yeah. I kind of love like fuck you endings where you're like, but why? Like the little top in Inception when you're like, uh-huh. like I love that kind of shit. So it's like he's wounded. Like does he die? Does he go into the mountains? I don't know. So it's just great. Yeah. And it just keeps me thinking when I'm done with it. Yeah. The ending. I like the ending a lot for sure. Um, all right. So everybody gets to add a movie <gasps> to the list. It's not on the list. So Grace, what are you going to add? Well, I'm going to add... The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version. Okay. Which, I don't know why I thought, again, I didn't realize that they hadn't been updated since 2007, which, again, is like 1960s in LA time. (laughs) Um, I thought for some reason for like the sound design or something, it would be on there somewhere. But again, I'm not like going through the lists in my free time, apparently. Um, But I would definitely add that. I... I know that it was kind of like B plus for everybody. It didn't hit everybody at a hundred percent like it did for me. Um, but I, if I, I mean, genuine, like truly, and I've watched all this. So I've read all the books. Mm-hmm. I've read all of the, I've seen all the Swedish films. Um, I've watched every iteration um, and really truly love all of them. They might be like one of my favorite book series. Um, it's just, I, if I had to pick a favorite film, I think that would be my favorite film. Wow. Like ever. Uh, and there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> Hello, Shane. <laughs> um, I just, it never, I could, that's one of the, I could just watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And I think, again, what he does so well is just a really specific tone. Like, you know, like when you're getting a massage and they hit like a very particular yes. pressure point and you're like, oh, fuck, that's the, oh, God, mm-hmm. the, ow, ow. Like, that's the, he does that for me. Like, he just hits me right at like the frequency where, I live and I just really love sitting in those worlds and I love there's nothing I fucking love more than like a bad bitch who just like comes back and like her and especially in the books if you read the whole thing Mm -hmm. I'm so bummed that like that version with Rooney and with David never was able Mm -hmm. to do the whole series the way that they have and I know they did another one with what's her face that one I haven't watched I would really love to but the new one with uh Claire Foy Mm -hmm. but it's just very her revenge story, yeah. it's like it's like Count of Monte Cristo heavy. It's like so good. It's like the real slow burn revenge story, but it's like justified. And, you know, it's kind of blurs those villain lines with her as well. 
and I just, I'm so endlessly fascinated by it. I think it was just like the performance of Rooney Mara's life. Mm. And I'm so sad that I will not be able to see her do that character anymore. Yeah. Um, I just love it to death. Yeah. So I would add it on all the lists. I love that though, because that's such a, that's such a recent choice, but it's also like a very personal choice. And I think it's a testament to the idea that movies that are coming out now, like we've talked a lot about TV in this conversation and, yeah. and television is is going through another golden age right now, which is fantastic because long form storytelling mm-hmm. really matters. And it's a blessing when you get the opportunity to do it, to consume oh my it, God, like yeah. create it, all of that. But I think that it's really cool that movies that are coming out now are able to have such an impact on people and individuals, you know what I mean? Yeah. And things that are not necessarily like Star Wars, you know? Like, I'm talking about, you can see a movie where you're like, wow, I think that's my favorite, like, that's such a unique experience to not have uh, something that could potentially be your favorite thing, be something from your childhood or from like, a, a, you know, it's like, no, this is me right now. And I just love this. Yeah. And it came out, you know, less than 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it, it checks all my boxes. Yeah. And I just, we don't see a lot of I mean, Lord knows we do not see a lot of like female roles like that. Mm-hmm. Like there was just so, and like the sound design and just like it kind of, it's a little bit reminiscent of Ex Machina, mm-hmm. which I think has the most beautiful fucking sound design, where it's just this kind of like sterile kind of hum that keeps you just ever so slightly uncomfortable. Like that kind of all encompassing world that he creates, I just, I could just eat it up forever. I love it so much. David Fincher is such an interesting figure too because. His movies in the beginning of his career resonated so much with men. Yeah. Right? And then you see it kind of swap. Yeah. And and what I think is interesting is, you know, so Seven, we already kind of touched on it, but I think Seven is a perfect movie. I don't think it feels dated. I think it feels like every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this movie is. And we talked about this when when Chelsea Stardust was on because that was her addition to the list. The idea that he had just gone from um, music videos to, yeah. and, and I, iconic music videos, like don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, oh, music videos, but, but two still very different. Yes, yeah. yes, to Alien 3, oh. which is a movie that he hates mm-hmm. and he had a admittedly and very well-documented um, miserable experience time. working yeah. on. Yeah, exactly, um, to Seven. Like, that's amazing, right? That's crazy. Um, I can't believe Seven isn't on anything. Yeah, I can't either. But that said, I think that when you look at Seven, when you look at Fight Club, when you look, like, Fight Club specifically, I rewatched it recently, and there's so much in that movie that is great. And I get why people, um, I get why people, specifically young men, thought that 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 movie blew their minds. Right. But what's amazing to me is that the whole point of Tyler Durden is saying fuck you to toxic masculinity. It's a joke. Like, and I do believe Brad Pitt was in on that joke. And I do believe that David Fincher was in on that joke. But I think that if David Fincher made Fight Club now, that satire, that satirical look would land. But in Fight Club from the late 90s. Yeah, I know exactly. It's so close to making that really great point, but it can't quite be like, no, guys, Brad Pitt's not who you want to be. Like, yeah, you don't, yeah, like, yeah. You know, that's the point of all yeah, of this. Yeah, exactly. But now, Fincher, to me, has become a filmmaker who, yeah, is able, he's able to, to depict women in ways that are a little bit fuck you. Yeah, and dude, I'm like eating it up. Totally. I mean, like it's a, I, I wish I could like, you know, as you said earlier, he's got a reputation for being, you know, a demanding individual, which is fair, I suppose. Um, I don't know anyone who knows him. I don't know anyone who's ever either. like, I know, you know, but, but man, I would love to have dinner with him. Oh my God. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, would, totally. I would love to, and not, not like interview him or pick his brain. Like, I would just love to be a fly on the wall yeah. on set with him. Like, yeah. that would be my dream. Like, I watched, my favorite thing in the world is to watch like the BTS on like mm-hmm. Blu rays, like the special features or whatever. 
And um, I've watched a lot of that for Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And it's just like his, like, he's just, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. As I, I mean, I think most, you know, I don't want to like buy into the cliche, like, oh, if you're creative, you got to be a torture genius. Right, right. But I think there's kind of something to say about that. Um, I think it would be, it's just interesting. Like, he's not what you would expect in interviews. Yeah. Like, he's kind of snappy and he's like, can be kind of like bitchy. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, it's uh-huh. just a very interesting dynamic, I think, that he has. And it's like, I when you see him, if you saw him walking down the street, I don't think you would think that like those are his films. Right. Which sure. I like. It's just very interesting. And I think I'm excited to see what he does next. Yeah. He talked a lot in that QA uh, after um, Gone Girl about his influences and Hitchcock. Um, mm-hmm. And the Hitchcock totally. thriller, mm-hmm. you know, being like such a big influence on him. And I think you can tell. Oh, I, yeah, I know, definitely. In, yeah. yeah. Not so subtle ways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, he's he's a cool, cool dude um, in terms of like the work that he's putting out. And I I want to see more of it. I you know. know. It's just it's such a particular flavor. And I feel like we don't get I don't get enough of that kind of content. Yeah. It's a very particular breed. And I'm like. I, I'm hungry for it. Do you remember when a couple of years ago it was announced that he was going to direct the World War Z sequel with Brad, like, and Brad Pitt was going to come back? And, yeah. And I remember being, first of all, for the record, I didn't hate World War Z. I, I thought I it was quite it. enjoyable. Um, but uh, but that said, I, you know, I was kind of like, do we need a sequel? Not really. But then David Fincher making World War Z. I know. I, I was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> Oh, I know. So he I could be, like write up he for could that. Reboot fucking Barney and Friends, and I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah, like that. That's a movie, and and you know, dabbling in different genres, you know, is something that I I like him to do. I like when he switches it up. I like when yeah, he, he can. I would actually say that um, Social Network is my least favorite movie he's ever done, and that's the one that he got the most acclaim for. I know in terms of Oscars. But. Yeah, I know, and I think that's the thing. I feel like a lot of times the stuff that gets a lot of, you know, buzz for awards and stuff is not, it's typically not necessarily like my go-to shit. Sure, sure. Because I, because I, I can absolutely respect the social network for what it is, but like, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to fucking watch that again. You know what I mean? Like I saw it. Yeah. I'm either like saw something once and I'm good or see it a thousand times and I'm still wanting to watch it. Yes. (laughs) No middle ground. I love it. Well, Grace, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. I would have never watched Shane if you hadn't picked it. I'm just here to save lives and bring Shane into your day. I love it. I love it. All right, love. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for me today. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Grace and the opportunity to get to know her a little bit better. Um, and once again, just as a reminder, I'm going to be at the Overlook Film Festival on Friday, uh, March 31st in New Orleans, supporting Satanic Panic. And then on um, Saturday, June 1st and Sunday, June 2nd, I will be at the Denver Pop Culture Con um, doing a bunch of various uh, moderating and appearances. So please, if you haven't already gotten your badges, or um, for both events, go ahead and do that. Um, and be sure to say hi. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Clark Wolf, Clark with an E, Wolf with an E, and I hope to meet you guys soon. Um, also, as a reminder, coming this Thursday for $5 and higher monthly Patreon subs subscribers slash contributors um there's gonna be more with grace so uh don't don't miss that episode we have new minis coming every thursday uh for those five dollar and higher monthly contributors on patreon so if you're interested in that it's patreon.com slash clark wolf Alrighty, friends that's it for now i will talk to you soon bye (laughs) 